Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, I do want to warn you this morning. I don't know. Warning is not the, that's not the right word. I want, I want to inform you uh, <clears throat> that uh, this morning's message <clears throat> is a two-part message. Uh, the, the second part of this message I'll be preaching tonight. So, uh, <clears throat> well, come. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. I, I, I contemplated how, but see, I'm introducing the new theme next week. So, I, you know, I was normally I would do it next week, but anyway, so. So it's just, it's going to be tonight. If you, if you cannot come tonight uh, and you want a copy of, of uh, the, because we record the video of this, talk to Chris and he can get a, a DVD for you that you can watch on your TV. What, they're like 2 or $3? $2 each. So you, you can't beat it. So and basically we, that's just the cost of the DVD. So, um, <clears throat> so talk to Chris. And he can get that for you. Um, but anyway, so it's a two-part message. Um, so let me encourage you to come back tonight. Uh, I promise you, uh, uh, <clears throat> in fact, Rick and I were, were talking about this yesterday. The Word of God is what changes lives, not the words of men. And, um, and uh, if you'll come back tonight, uh, I promise, I promise the Word of God will speak to your heart. So let me encourage you to do that. Uh, <clears throat> You know, the, uh, for some people, this time of year right now, the after, uh, after New Year's, the first week or so after New Year's is a sad time because Christmas is over and the holidays are winding down. I, I don't look at it that way. I, I'm, I, I, to me, it's getting life back to normal is a, is a good thing. Um, so uh, <clears throat> anyway, the next thing you know, and the older you get, the more you realize this. Then actually, you know, it'll be Christmas again. <laughs> you know, I just take down the lights and I'm putting them back up. I, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, but with New Year's, <clears throat> people often commit themselves to what we call New Year's resolutions. <clears throat> I, I don't. I try never to do that. I, 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 I just, you know, if if I need to change something in my life, I change it. Yeah, you know, I don't wait till New Year's uh, to to do it. <clears throat> but there's a publication that is put out every year that publishes the most popular New Year's resolutions, and this list doesn't really change year to year, it, it does a little bit, uh, you know, depending on the year, but for the most part, it stays the same. Let me, let me tell you the, the top New Year's resolutions. Well, who can guess number one? There it is, lo- losing weight. That's, that's, that's number one, uh, you know. Uh, there's <clears throat> some people, some people want to gain weight. I can't imagine why anybody would, but anyway. Um, Number two is getting a better job. That's, that's number two. Um, number three, and, and this one kind of surprised me. 
Uh, number three is reading your Bible more. Yeah, that's that. I I found that to be very uh, encouraging. Um, <clears throat> huh? Uh, reading your Bible more. Oh, they were talking. Okay, that's okay. Number four, throwing your husband under the bus. That, that's. <laughs> No, number four, number four is volunteering, which is, that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, Number five, getting more education. Uh, Number six, undertaking some charitable contribution. That kind of goes along with volunteering a little bit. Uh, And then the, the last one is increasing your giving. Uh, so those are the, the New Year's resolutions that are the most popular. Uh, <clears throat> but no matter what the last 12 months ha- have been like, we tend, as human beings, this time of year to do our best to change. It's just, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because a new year brings new hope we haven't we haven't messed up the year yet you, you know at least 3 days into it we haven't you, you know give us another week or so you know um but I, I there's another statistic that i found that i thought was incredibly telling statistics tell us that 25% of people who set New Year's resolutions don't keep them through the first week of January. (laughs) And as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? As Christians, we hear sermons and we we read in our Bible and we hear things and God speaks to our heart and we determine that we're going to change something in our lives. And then a week later, we're back doing the same old thing. So that statistic holds true for the spiritual world as well. Now, I, now this is not part of my sermon. This is a, all introduction here. But I want to give you some possible reasons why we don't keep our New Year's resolutions, but also we don't keep our spiritual resolutions as well. Number one is unrealistic goals. <clears throat> vague uh, vague uh, goals or uh, setting the, the bar too high or simply having too many goals. It's just it's sometimes we, we've just set the bar too high that it's absolutely impossible to do what we want to do. Another reason why maybe is poor preparation. Uh, People oftentimes uh, don't equip themselves with the mental ammunition to fight the battle. They just stop cold turkey. And and they've not prepared mentally or spiritually for the fight. Here's one that I find probably is, is... uh, uh, a problem for many, many people, and that is the wrong motivation. Uh, guilt, oftentimes. And, and this is where 
the number one resolution I believe comes in oftentimes is our weight. Uh, we feel guilty about being overweight. And because of that, then we try to make changes and guilt is never a good motivation. And then here's another one that I think is awful telling is we misunderstand ourselves. We resolve to stop, but then you try eating carrots. <laughs> you know, it's like rabbit food, you, you know, okay? But, but <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there, kind of help you through these New Year's resolutions that you've made. Uh, <clears throat> so you've got, you've got four more days to, to hang in there. Throughout Scripture, God uses illustrations to help us understand biblical truths. Paul, specifically in his writings, uses a few things that help us understand some of the struggles and the burdens that we will, we will be carrying through our, our walk with the Lord. Uh, he equates the Christian oftentimes to a soldier. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And what that does is that paints a mental picture of a, of, of a soldier physically, mentally, and spiritually ready to fight a battle. And that's oftentimes how we need to be. Another word that he uses to help us in our walk with the Lord is he equates us to a runner. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And then another one is he equates the Christians as into, into being boxers. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertain, uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. So again, it's a picture of a, of a, of a boxer preparing for a fight. And so these are mental pictures that, that, that God gives us of, of how we are to walk with him. Hebrews chapter 12, let's start reading. One. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we look at the word of God this morning, we ask that you would help us, dear God, to run our race. Help us, dear God, 
We love you so much. And we need you so much. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, the, the, the setting that we see here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is, is, a, is an arena of sorts. It says, we are compassed about. In other words, there's an audience watching us. Now, <clears throat> one of the, the, the things about COVID right now is uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how difficult it is for sports teams right now because the majority of them are performing in empty auditoriums uh, <clears throat> or, or, or stadiums. And, and that, that's got to be difficult because it's, it's the, the people there encouraging them and, and, and so on and so forth. So I, I, just, I, I don't know. Obviously, I've never tried it. But, but the picture that Paul gives us here is a stadium of sorts where there is a, a, a cloud of witnesses, uh, <clears throat> much like an Olympic stadium would, would be. And Paul writes, is writing here to the believers of the first century church in, in comparing them to runners that are running in a stadium with people watching. Several of the believers that Paul is writing to here, the first century church, we're going through some very difficult times. Persecution for the church was rampant. Poverty was the, the norm. And here Paul is telling them, hey, <clears throat> wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so that so easily beset us. Now I know, looking at me now, in fact, uh, my wife pulled up a picture, put it on Facebook yesterday of, uh, of us when we got married. I used to be skinny. Good night. <laughs> yeah, I used to have hair too. Um, but when I, was, when I was about 10 or 11, I, I ran, I used to run cross country uh, at the, the park in Lakewood. I don't know if you remember that. But the first time I ran a cross country race, I, like I said, I was, I was you know, 9, nine 10, 11, somewhere in there. <clears throat> they, they broke us up into categories or groups according to our ages because we, we ran certain distances according to how old we were. The, obviously, the older kids ran further and so on and so forth. And I remember standing in this group of probably 25 or 30 kids, and, and the, 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 the people in charge of the park took us over to this big map that they had done of the park. And they pointed out to us a route that we had to run through the park. Uh, you know, I don't remember how far we had to run. But it was a it was a route <clears throat> that was colored in I don't know one of you know yellow or something purple okay it was purple my mom <laughs> remembers that okay there you go so anyway <clears throat> so we had we had this route that we had to follow and then 
the, the, the person in charge, you know, went through, the, went through the route, and then he made this statement. He says, now, all you have to do is follow me. Because what he did is, is he had a golf cart, and he, all he had to do was stay just, a, just ahead of the first runner. And then he drove the, the, the course. So all we had to do was keep our eyes on the golf cart. My point in telling you that is this. We had a specific course that we had to run. The, the, the guy at the park did not say, hey, just, just go out there and run in circles, and then when you get tired, come back, and we'll say you're done. Amen. Okay. <laughs> okay. But now I want you to be honest now. Isn't that what life feels like sometimes? That we're just out in the field running circles, and we, we, we have no course to run? We, we're just... We're just marking time, if you would. And life, life can sometimes feel just like that. That's why Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, wrote this to us. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. But get this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course I have kept the faith see Paul identifies here a very specific course that God had for him to run I finished my course or I finished the mission that God had for me and many many believers struggle with the course that God has given them. I, I I think back to the first century church, where the 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 church, a lot of the a lot of the believers were under persecution and poverty and all of these things. And I can hear probably some of them saying, "Look, my course is too long. It's too hard. It's not fair." And we can be saying those same things. It's not fair. Why should I have to endure? You can fill in the blank. I remember standing in the park that day, getting ready to run that race, and thinking to myself, what have I gotten myself into? I, I never run cross country before. I didn't even know what it was. I just happened to be in the park that day, and they said, hey, you want to run? I said, sure, I'll run. I love to run at that time. <clears throat> but I soon found out that the course was not a simple course. They <clears throat> made us <clears throat> run over rough terrain. Up and down hills. I remember one big tree that we had to run around. And not, not only, I mean, I mean, I don't remember the tree so much, but I do remember the roots that were sticking out of the ground. 
that we had to go over. Again, the, my point is this. Running the course, I learned really quick that running cross-country, there are obstacles in the course. It's not just flat. And there were some things that we had to get over, that, that some things that we had to uh, uh, engage in order to run the course. Running the course that God gives us, oftentimes God brings challenges into our lives. Hills, trees with roots that are sticking out of the ground just waiting to trip you. So many things. But I want to go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7 for just a second. It says, For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure at hand. Paul was getting ready to die and he knew it. And he's giving young Timothy some advice before he dies. And he says this, he says, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. See, before he could finish the course, he had to fight the good fight. I have fought a good fight. In other words, I've struggled through the obstacles. I've climbed the hills. I've run around the trees with the roots sticking up. I've done all of the things. And, and now my life the course is just about done, and I have fought a good fight. If we are going to accomplish anything for God in 2021 or tomorrow, it's going to be because we lace up our shoes and we get in the race. This morning, as I was sitting at my desk, I was pondering this next year. I don't know what God has in store for, for me. I don't know what God has in store for Grace Baptist Church. Over the next year, I have no clue. But I do know this, and I rest in this. God is in control and as long as he is in control I have a course to run Grace Baptist Church as a church has a course to run you as individuals have a course that he wants you to run and it's up to you to be faithful to the course it's up to us as a church to be faithful to the course. The title of my message is this, simply moving on. Moving on. If we are going to finish the course, it's going to take three very important principles that we will find here in Hebrews chapter 12. We're only going to talk about one of them this morning. We'll talk about the other two tonight. <clears throat> but I think that the first one 
is absolutely vital. Absolutely vital to us running our course that God gives us. The very first one is preparing for the race. Preparing for the race. Look at verse 1. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about us so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Number one, prepare, preparing for the race. Letter A, remove the hindrances. Remove the hindrances. See, you've got to understand, in the first century, when, when, when Paul was writing this, the Olympic athletes would, would, would <clears throat> in between races and so on and so forth, they would wear robes and, you know, long flowing robes and, and you know, very colorful and, and so on and so forth. And, and what he's saying here is, is this. Before you get in the race, you need to take the robe off. You need to, <clears throat> you know, the robe in, in this particular instance was an important thing. It, it would identify different teams. In fact, if you go to the Olympics today, every team has a different color uniform. And, and before an athlete would, would, would take to the course, he would have what we would call a, a, a sweatsuit or a warm-up suit or whatever, but they're, they're all colored and identified by teams. But what do they do before they get to the starting line? They go over to the bench and they sit down and they take off their warm-up suit. Why? Because they don't want anything to hinder them in the race. See, the suit, the warm-up suit, the, the robe that the, that the Romans would have worn would have had would have the, a, a very important function. It keeps them from cramping. That's why they would wear warm-up suits, so that when they, when they would stretch and they would warm up, it would keep them warm and keep their muscles from, from cramping. It has a function, but when they go to run the race, what are they going to do? They're going to shed as much as they can. They, want, they don't want anything to hold them back. And that's what Paul says here. <clears throat> Lay aside every weight, anything that's going to hold you back, you need to get rid of it. As the army of Alexander the Great was advancing on Persia, it seemed at one critical point the troops might be defeated. The soldiers had taken so much plunder from their previous campaigns that they'd become weighted down and losing speed and efficiency in combat. Alexander commanded all the, all the spoils from the previous battles to be thrown into a heap and burned. His men complained bitterly, but soon saw the wisdom in his orders. With his insistence on ridding the men of the weight of their plunder, he assured their victory in future battles. Later, someone wrote this. It was as if 
wings had been given to them, they walked lightly again. See, oftentimes what happens in our lives is we get burdened down with all of the things of this world. And what Paul is telling us in Hebrews chapter 12 is we need to shed those things. We need to get rid of anything that's going to hold us back. Now, I want to I I give you an important thought here because oftentimes we think of <clears throat> these weights as being bad things. And I want to say this, they don't necessarily mean that they are bad things unless it only becomes bad if it's what's holding us back. See, a hindrance isn't necessarily a simple thing. It can be a habit, a friendship, a hobby, an activity, an obsession, hunting, fishing, cars. I mean, I mean, the list can go on and on and on. Lay aside every weight. Every weight. These are the things that we need to lay aside. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 and 23. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, when we'll put away these things, we will be renewed. Letter B, preparing for the race. A, remove the hindrances. B, remove sin. Remove sin. And let us lay aside every weight and sin that which, which does so easily beset us. I have found... That sin that most people deal with is one of four things. One of four things. The first one is pride, discouragement, procrastination and unbelief. Those are the four things that I that I have found that most people struggle with. Let's talk about pride for just a minute. Pride really is pretty self-explanatory. In fact, the last time I read the Bible, the the the, the word of God tells us that God hates pride. But it's something that most of us deal with. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the, and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. God hates pride in our lives. And God will bring in lots of obstacles into our lives to help us to understand 
how pride can be so destructive in our lives. That's one of the things God says, you know what, you need to put it away because it's going to hold you back from serving me. Discouragement. It is so easy to become discouraged when we lose our focus. Again, our, our theme this year is, is, is focus. Focusing on God. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 and following is a story that many of us are familiar with, but let me read it to you. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the, of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore dost thou doubt? Simply put, Peter lost his focus and became discouraged and fear set in. I mean, can you imagine? You know, we, I, 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 I've even criticized Peter in the past, which I should never have done. Because the truth is, other than Jesus, he's the only other person that's ever walked on water. Now, he didn't go very far, but he's gone further than me. But what happened? He lost his focus. And so often in our lives, we get, we get discouraged. And we allow the things of this world to creep in and to, to dictate to us our happiness. And that has never been what God intended for us. God never intended for our happiness to be connected to the things of this world. Procrastination. We are all guilty of this one. In some way or another, we are all guilty of procrastination. Now this verse, I, I hate this verse. Have you ever read a verse you're like, oh, I don't like that. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 26, as vinegar to the teeth, ah, ooh, and as smoke to the eyes, so is a sluggard to them that send him. That hurts. Because we've all had we've all had smoke in our eyes. 
And when, when, when we procrastinate, you know, that is why only, uh, that is why 25% of the people that do, that, 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 that commit to New Year's resolutions uh, don't, keep, don't keep them after just one week. Because we're sluggards. By nature, every one of us is lazy and selfish. That's why many Christians never follow through on the decisions that they make to serve the Lord. Number four, unbelief. Unbelief. You say, but pastor, I believe. Well, I read this and I wanted to, to share it with you. Warren, Warren Wearsby wrote this. He said, <clears throat> it was unbelief that kept Israel out of the promised land. And it is unbelief that hinders us from entering into spiritual inheritance in Christ. The phrase by faith or through faith is used 21 times in Hebrews chapter 11 indicating that it is faith in Christ that enables us to endure. Hebrews chapter 11 talks greatly about faith. Those of you that have your Bibles, just turn back a page, or maybe it's on the same page. For me, I have to turn a page. But Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. Just, just glance at this for a second. And uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> verse nine: By faith he sojourned. Uh, and I'm just going down and looking. Uh, verse seven: By faith Noah. Verse eight: By faith Abraham. Verse four: By faith Abel. Over and over and over, by faith and through faith is used. And I don't think it's by accident that Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, are right on the heels of the Hall of Faith. By faith and through faith. Unbelief. That is one of the reasons why I love one of the, 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 the verses in the New Testament where Jesus was in a very large crowd and a, and a man comes up and asks for healing for his son. And I love this verse in Mark chapter 9 and verse 24. And he says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. What's he saying? I believe, but I... I need more faith. Let, let, let me let me let me let me rephrase that because we can't have more faith, but we need stronger faith. Help thou my unbelief. I don't know about you, but I've been there. There have been times in, in the course that God has set for me that I've come across obstacles in the course and I thought, okay, God, I can't do this. And God says to me, exactly. I never expected you to do it, but I can do it 
if you let me. Help thou mine unbelief. We must make up our minds that we are going to put things aside. The weights and the sins that so easily beset us, that, they, that so easily get us off track. It's so easy to get distracted with the things of this world. One of the things that I realized <clears throat> very quickly in my short time of running cross-country is that it's if you if if you lose sight of the golf cart, it's really easy to get off course. But as long as I could run fast enough to see the golf cart, I knew I was going to be okay. And really, and this is just being truthful here, the whole reason I ran as fast as I did was because I was afraid of losing sight of the golf cart. I, I don't know, but if I think if I had known the course and where I was supposed to run, I probably run a, would have run a little slower. But I was so scared of losing sight of the golf cart that I just, I just ran with all my might. So often, we lose our focus. And in this year that we have just gone through, it is so easy to lose focus of the things that are important. I've got a video for you. I don't normally do this, but I have a video I want to show you really quickly to kind of help tie everything together. Chris? Chris? 